Hey, Money on the Left and Superstructure listeners. This is Scott Ferguson. I am excited to preview the second part of my epic Star Wars A New Hope lecture series. It is, of course, part of the larger uh, course that I've made available through the Money on the Left Patreon on the neoliberal blockbuster, where we explore the history and aesthetics of the new Hollywood blockbuster from the late 70s to the present uh, with an eye toward um, politics and economics and, of course, all through the lens of modern monetary theory. If you like this preview, I want to encourage you to sign up for our Patreon and contribute to our project. Um, The money goes to pay those of us, unlike myself, who don't have um, well-paying full-time jobs and salaries, um, and for all the hard work that they put in um, weekly, if not daily, to bring you the critical left media Um, that you've come to expect from us. If you're somebody who is excited about um, listening to these full lectures and other uh, soft paywalled content, uh, just reach out to one of us and we're very happy to accommodate you and um, give you access to everything that we're producing because um, we really don't want to exclude anyone. Uh, So enjoy this lecture and I'm gonna, from here, hand it off, well, to myself, I guess. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy. That said, as I want to tell you now, money, if you didn't notice, is a problem and it's it's in a lot of places in star wars and star wars is social milieu in the universe and in in the plot and how it unfolds and unsurprisingly i would say about 97 percent of the time money is just bad it is morally politically ethically fallen in star wars and of course it's treated as private finite it's, it's a signifier of selfishness, greed, uh, indebtedness, pathological indebtedness, shady behavior. In the story world, money is linked to poverty, to lying, to stealing, to swindling, to smuggling, to indebtedness, to bounties and bounty hunters, to anti-revolutionary impulses, to desolation, murder, and death. Now, Star Wars is not alone in treating money this way, and I would say that the way treating this money, treating money this way, is um, fairly common when you're talking about this dominant, you know, big L liberal uh, money form because it generates all of these, it generates poverty, it generates all these bad consequences. Um, but nevertheless, it is everywhere here, and you know, in many ways much more so kind of on the individual micro level than we see in Jaws, which is more working at the kind of macro level. And, um, you know, you can say that money really only exists in Star Wars as a kind of micro transaction. It's money as barter, money as exchange, and then all of the chaos that ensues about it, uh, around it. Um, You know, money isn't like a political project in Star Wars. 
it's it's not controlled it's happenstance it's it's contingency um uh you know and in a sense then the contingent plot the the hollywood renaissance contingent plot this just so happens to happen and that just so happens to happen uh rather than deliberate you know planning or you know connecting and things like that although i mean obviously there's still some of that too but this contingent plotting really is a function of money as a passive contingent thing that's kind of blowing in the wind <laughs> not literally but you know could be um so you know think about it the you know the plot on Tatooine is you know a function of stolen goods that are then refurbished and then um sh a shady deal the Jawas make a shady deal right um and you know when when the the other um R2 like bot breaks down you know that's a further indication that wait a minute this is kind of shady these are like these aren't like great products that, that you're bringing around um it's a used future as um as uh lucas will like to say and um yeah the 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 so basically like contingency and happenstance are kind of interfused with money as a private finite shady nasty lying <laughs> exchange relationship um you know both in luke luke's dialogue and performance and in leia's dialogue and performance in relationship to han they will insist over and over again money is the 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 opposite of care right it is selfishness it is anti-revolutionary you know to be for money is to be anti-revolution and that's part of han's whole character development is that you know he's indebted he needs money because he doesn't have it um and he also does illegal things and illegal things to 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 pay off his debts uh and the only reason he's participating in the rebellion and you know uh you know at first in contingent ways and then later at the end at least at, at first it's understood the only reason is just so he could get paid right because he's got this pressure and because you know he seemingly is selfish and greedy or whatever only thinks about himself and in this way the film is very self-exculpating and contradictory just like jaws right so while at the level of Star Wars as a new form of production and aesthetics and culture. Um, Star Wars insists with George Lucas, the buck stops at the opticals, right? This is about money. This is about making money. This is about reviving Hollywood. This is about, you know, um, what what money can, can generate and produce. Um, but the film's narrative is so one-sided and moralizing and offers the self-exculpating message uh that money is essentially bad or like i said like 97 percent the um the the understanding of money is bad the one exception which really isn't much of an exception at all is star wars's a somewhat positive representation of money when it comes to Luke describing Leia's status as a princess when he's uh, discussing her um, with Han Solo. Um, there, she's essentially called rich and powerful, 
Um, we might associate this with the fact that she's royalty, but it's really framed in terms her, of her individuality, her individual status. And in this way, um, you know, money, in I guess, is, is sort of being affirmed in a positive sense. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's still reducing money to private wealth and thinking about money as a question of only power uh, and not care or dependence as we are in this class. And then, you know, I think overall we can say that there are implicit representations of money or associations with money. The rebels are implicitly associated with money in the sense that they're relatively impoverished. We feel their lack of money, right? And that's why we feel them, um, we see them in this used clunky future uh, where they're recycling old parts and putting heterogeneous materials together. Um, then reciprocally, by contrast, uh, the empire is implicitly associated with money as abundance, as having access to a lot of money. We're not told anything about that. It's just in the mise-en-scene, in its construction as um, sleek and new and shiny and um, functioning <laughs> properly, uh, not requiring improvised combinations of heterogeneous, clunky-looking parts. In all that, there's a sense that this money money made all this possible and there must be a lot of it. And, you know, what this does is through the mise-en-scene is set up money as a private zero-sum uh, game. And it's really interesting. That there is a academic paper that was written uh, about five years ago uh, by an economist, a serious academic economist named Zachary Feinstein. He's at the uh, he's at Washington University in St. Louis, and in this paper, which received a lot of press, a lot of big attention, you know, like uh, all kinds of journalists were Twitter pated by this this kind of silly paper. Um, he argued, after sort of looking into fan pages and, and something called Wikipedia, uh, where you know a lot of the lore and you know, depths of storytelling and data and details are collected. After looking, sifting through this, he came up with calculations for how much, not just the one Death Star, but then the later Death Star that is created and destroyed, how much they must have costed the Empire. And he's, he argues that, um, well, there are a lot, and he, he gives a, a, you know, a value to them. And then he says the rebels in actuality could have never really economically afforded the the wins um, that they accomplished in these in these films because the economic destruction would require a bailout of such a such a large size that they would need so what what the economist calls reserves or reserve cash in order to cover this bailout, um, that really they would have been doomed um, in an actual situation. And then basically concludes that, 
you know, there's some reason why, you know, the empire seems to keep winning. So I'm going to quote from this, this ridiculous essay. In this case study, we found that the rebel alliance would need to prepare a bailout of at least 15% and likely at least 20% of G GGP, I guess that's gross galactic product, in order to mitigate the systemic risks and the sudden and catastrophic economic collapse. Without such funds at the ready, right, it's a, a finite resource that you have to get at the ready, uh, it is likely that the galactic economy would enter an economic depression of astronomical proportions, ha ha ha. Cruel as the empire was, there's something, oh, I'm sorry, cruel as the empire was, there's some strong economic reasons for how they were able to stay in power. As for the rebels, sadly, it seems they left their wallets on Alderaan. Okay, so yes, it's silly. Yes, it's, you know, I mean, it was almost as, a, as an academic paper it was clearly, you know, produced as like fan culture clickbait. And we don't want to take it too seriously in that sense. But even as fan culture, even as silly clickbait, this economist is going out of his way to basically naturalize zero-sum economics, which he practices, neoclassical economics, and to argue that, yeah, really, if you look at the, the economics of the Death Star and the economic fallout of, of um, the first Star Wars trilogy, um, really, it just, of course, it puts the empire on top um, be, it, implicitly because money is finite, uh, zero-sum, alienating, and all that. And, you know, uh, looks like uh, the rebels are perpetually doomed to um, to lose um, and be broke, right? Um, and if this isn't a, a smoking gun for the way that money is represented in the Star Wars universe, I don't know what is. Shallow words, the words we lose, and shallow words, sing the 